You know what's cool? Podcasts. You know what's not cool? No podcasts. Check out all the podcasts over here at blindknowledge.com. This podcast you're listening to right now is a featured Blind Knowledge podcast. How are you today? Yo, I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me. Are you a Gen Z or are you a millennial? What's what's your (laughs) designation? Well, I'm currently an undergraduate student, so. Okay. All right. So you're legit right on. Oh, yeah. All right, Ainsley. All right. Let's get some background on you. Let's get some bio on you. Take it away. Fantastic. So I am currently an undergraduate student at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Uh, Go Tar Heels. Um, I am on the pre-med track, so I'll hopefully be in medical school in, in the next, you know, 10 years or so. Um, yeah, I, um, what other things, what other things y'all would want to know about me? Well, I, I think that's really good. That's really, it's tough to get into. My, my grandfather was a doctor, so I, I get, oh. I get how difficult like medical terminology and that, and that, <laughs> you know, that responsibility is. Yeah. To, to take your career and your life that way. Um, where do you want to go in your career? What, what kind of goals do you want to accomplish? Well, I've recently become really interested in um, menstrual health, menstrual equity, and maternal health care, things like that. Um, so I don't exactly have a specific field that I'm interested in in terms of medicine or that, that I'm planning on, but those are some things that I'm really interested in um, because I've been doing some research and it's fascinating that uh, even in you know the day and age, we think medicine is so advanced. Um, maternal deaths, maternal mortality are still very high, and it's because of preventable, um, a, a lot of preventable causes. So that's something I've recently become really interested in, um, and something that I want to learn more about and hopefully get more involved in, um, and to, to make a difference in that realm. You know what I want, Ainsley? I want a full body, full spectrum, full neuro, full chemical um, test every year to know if I have cancer somewhere or not, <laughs> or like will in the next 10 years, or mm-hmm. ALS, God forbid, or, you know, just like a, an update on my brain. Maybe like the neurons are pumping at 80%, or my breathing, you know, just to have like a full body, full scale, easy, like this is how my body is right now kind of thing. I think that's the beauty of science. You know, we are constantly learning more about how our bodies are working. So, yeah. Um, while there isn't technology right now that could tell you, you know, everything that's happening in your body, there are thousands, millions of researchers out there um, every day working towards discovering what what's going on inside of us, and that's what I that fascinates me so much about science, and particularly medicine. Yeah, and there's the scientific theorem, right? Or the uh, is it scientific theory or theorem? I don't know. Method. Scientific method. method. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, the scientific method. There's a there's a proven um, workflow to get something to know if it's real or not, kind of thing, exactly. or if it's just a theory. Exactly. Okay. So Ainsley, you know what's what's the big thing with you? Yeah, of course. So I consider myself a steminist. I don't know if you've ever heard the term before. I recently got introduced to it. Um, essentially, it's what it sounds. You know, a feminist um, who was really passionate, particularly about empowering women in STEM. 
so that's something, you know, as I've entered my, the next stage of my career journey and my, my professional journey, that's something, a uh, part of my identity that I've been really working so to develop. So what's STEM? What's STEM for people that don't know? Yeah. So STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. Sometimes you'll also see it with another M for medicine. Um, but that's essentially my, my mission as a STEMist in particular is to shed light on the voices of, of women and, and the stories, because something that I feel is a big issue in today's society is that we just don't talk about things. We, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, organizations and such that are, that are, uh, trying to get girls interested in STEM and, you know, career exploration. You may have heard of Girls Who Code, um, for instance, or just programs that try and tell girls, you know, these are the different careers you can take. But something that I think hasn't been addressed as much is once you get into that STEM career, then you're, and, and then you're sort of left on your own. There's never any sort of follow-up of like, you know, when you do inevitably encounter gender bias, how do you, how do you uh, remedy that? Things like that. You know, as someone that wants to work in medicine and stuff, how do you, how do you, how do you cope like that? How do you work with those different personalities? Exactly, that's the thing. You you have to um, learn that everybody has a different perspective, and one of the the pieces of, or, or you know, and, th and that's why we need to have these conversations because we can't just live in our own little world, our own little bubble and, and, and say, you know, this is how I believe the world is. And, and that's, that's how it should be. We, if we want to make change for, for, um, for, for, you know, I'll just say women, because that's my, my area of focus. If we want to see change for women in STEM. We need to have these conversations so that people who maybe didn't realize the struggles that women are facing can be exposed to them. Like you, if you, if you've never realized that, just, just how much of a burden um, child child care can be for women. Like that's something that we need to talk about more, so people can understand why why we need change. When you say child care, you mean um, daycare or like actually having a, a child? Both. Uh, there, there's you know in the U.S. for instance, there is no um, official policy regarding like child care leave so you know things like that that we just need to get talked about more that so there's an organization that's it's uh you know like insurance for at least a year after having a kid or something like that just just to to acknowledge that women are needing assistance and they aren't getting it if it's recognized that the assistance is needed then the assistance should be had but it takes it takes strong people to figure that out. As simple as it seems, that's fair. Just to acknowledge that, because um, that's like a that's like a post in the road. You know, that's not moving. That's real. Exactly, and I think it it takes um, somebody to to be that person, take the first step, and and be brave and speak out. Because I'm um, you know, as in with any issue, it's hard to speak out. It's hard to be the first one, but once you have that first voice, then others can see, oh, I feel the same way. It's not just me who, who's been feeling this way. And so then you can start to build momentum. Yeah. Oh. Yes. The momentum gets so strong, I dropped everything in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool. That was a cool connection. But yeah, you...
as long as you love what you're doing and you totally believe in what you're doing, it that momentum becomes even stronger. It becomes spiked and it goes and goes and goes until it doesn't. And sometimes you hit a wall. Have you ever hit a wall when you're trying to go top tier and, and give women's rights as much volume as it can? Have you just hit a wall and just been like, yikes, you know, this is tough? Definitely. You know, I've been working through that actually just right now. So one of the organizations that I'm involved with we're working on building a, a mentorship program. Um, and one of the things that are, yeah, for, for high school girls in STEM, um, focusing not so much on, you know, careers, but on having these conversations about these struggles that women face and how we can conquer them. Um, and so one of the, the, the challenges that we've definitely been having is, you know, we have this, this program built. We have the, uh, we have the women lined up. I think the main thing that we need is uh, changing the workspace culture. There is a lot of um, implicit bias and that's still pervasive in the workplace that needs to be addressed. I've had a lot of conversations with lots of different women about this. And um, one thing that I've definitely seen a lot is changing the way that we um, perceive women's abilities and women's strengths because for instance you know women bring empathy to the workplace that that's something a strength that we bring but a lot of times there's this pressure to to you know to be more more masculine to to not be empathetic because it's seen as a weakness it's seen as oh you know women are too emotional we can't handle things um, and so a lot of the issues and a lot of the change that needs to happen in the workplace and just in society in general is connected to sort of these these abstract implicit things that are they're a lot harder to change so um you know the pressure to be perfect the pressure to um suppress your femininity and and to to, to blend in with with the male dominated workspaces these are the things that need to be changed most but these are also the hardest things to change because it starts with changing mindsets. And of course, you know, changing how people think is literally the hardest thing ever. Yeah, that's a whole different mindset. But to be educated on both sides, all sides, all perspectives on it, and for a person to be able to make their own educated decision with the best info, I think that's the way to go either way. Exactly. And that goes back to the idea of just talking about these things. We need to get as much knowledge out there as we can so that nobody is left wondering. The conversation needs to be had. The words need to be said. And once they're, that's out there in our new medium, this is our medium of communication now. This exactly. is where things are moving very quickly, very quickly. Like it's like I get sucked into different conversations, emails, like just everything so fast between Clubhouse, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it may be. You know, it's fast, it's fast, and then it stops. And it's just like, whoa. Yeah, I was talking with someone the other day about the beauty of social media and that it really allows everybody to have a space to share their voice. But then, you know, there is that downside also of um, just as easily as you can share your voice, you can also get attacked for your opinions. You can get so much backlash. You got to be prepared to put yourself out there and represent yourself as you want it to be represented. Exactly. I completely You know agree. what I mean? Like for me, I do different shows and for me broadcasting like this, it's, it's partly, partly character mode almost. 
sometimes not so much with the interview with you Ainsley right now this is a this is a cool vibe and you know shout out to uh, everybody in the chat if you're out there you know it's it's cool to hang with you how old are you um I'm an undergraduate so you're an undergraduate so 20 22 or 24 so, somewhere in your 20s I'm assuming it's probably rude of me to ask I apologize but I just want to get the idea. So, like, you're just going to go PhD? Are you going to go emergency room physician? Are you? I mean, where you want to be a politician? What's your, what's your goal here? So, um, what I'll, are we going to watch you do over the years? <laughs> so, on the track for med school, um, I'll be I'll graduate college, um, and then go into med school to get my MD, um, and then beyond that, perhaps also PhD. I'm not exactly sure yet, but definitely an MD. Um, that's wild. That's so much. You're setting yourself up for so many things, but man, if, if you can accomplish all that. Thank you. It's been my, it's been my plan since as long as I can remember to go to med school. It's always been, um, I can't imagine myself doing anything else because medicine to me is the most extraordinary way to give back to the world because you're devoting your life to preserving and protecting the lives of others. And I can't think of a more noble mission. It's the most noble, the most important the most responsibility thing in the world. Your life, you have people's lives in your hands Absolutely. every day, multiple times a day, like that. Most respect. My whole family's in medicine. I went into health insurance. It was a wrong move, but <laughs> I, I respect the hell out of what they do mm-hmm. because, like, when something goes bad or something, we're all very quick, you know, like because you never know when the emergency is going to happen. Right. What kind of fields are they in? Uh, my grandfather was a respected doctor. My grandma was a nurse. My dad's a nurse. My brother's a nurse. Wow. My mom's respiratory therapist. My anybody else? Um, oh yeah, uh, I have a couple cousins that are nurses too. Wonderful. A lot of nurses. Yeah. That's awesome. Good for them. You know, that's a really needed profession. What can uh, what can we get out um, that? Um, uh, you got any good tweets or, or TikToks that you've put out that we can get out there for you? <laughs> well, I do have a YouTube channel. It's called The Other Half. Um, and essentially, I interview different women in STEM about topics that I feel like don't get talked about much. Um, things like I just released an interview with a woman where we were discussing developing your own leadership style and how you can um, make your voice matter and make your voice heard in the workplace because – um, I'm sure we've all had that, that feeling of, um, you know, do I actually matter? Like, like, is anybody actually listening to me? So that's, that's one of the things that we really touched upon. And she offered some great tips about what you can do to make your voice matter. So I highly recommend checking out that video. Um, I'll be releasing more, um, throughout the, you know, uh, continuing on, just to again try and and try and get those those stereotypes shattered and and those those issues talked about. Um, I have another interview with a woman named uh, Dr. Shini Samara where we were talking about all sorts of things, everything from how to accept who you are and be grateful for for what you've done, um, and and not be uh, so so tied to perfectionism. Things like you know just things like that. So definitely check out my channel. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter. It's called The Other Half. Um, and is there a place where I could like put my social media handles? Or... 
could chat or something. Awesome. Ainsley, what's something I can do to help you by being on the podcast right now? Like, what's something that we can all do to help you? Are there, is there something we can retweet or? Well, it'd be great if y'all could help uh, get get my message out there, get um, garner some more visibility for my channel and for the work that I'm doing because um, that that's the only way that we can make a difference by 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 taking collective action and, and spreading the word about these things. So, you know, I what just, is the message, Ansley? Tell us right now. What is the message? <laughs> I gotta know. We need to talk about these things. We need to talk about the issues that women in STEM are facing. We need to break these stigmas that have been silencing our voices for too long. And the only way we can do that is through lifting up these voices and being allies. And even if you are not a woman in STEM, even if you're not a woman, you can still do something for women in STEM. You can still be an ally. You can still raise up our voices and you can still make change. So we need to, we need to talk about these things. We need to start talking and we need to start acting. Talk the talk, walk the walk. That's the deal. And that's what you got to do to get anything done, apparently. That's what I'm learning. But I'm, I'm behind you. I'm about rights for everybody. Um, I think everyone should just be equal. What do you like to do for fun? You're a gamer? Um, I've never been much of a gamer. Um, I do enjoy reading. I, I like reading um, particularly current event news, things like that. I like getting outside. I think that sometimes just going for a walk and, and walking through um, – and, and, and you're just, just immersing yourself in nature. Having great conversation back and forth. And that's awesome to hear. You know, it goes exactly with my, my philosophy about how we need to have conversation. We need to, because, you know, there's so much knowledge out there. People just don't know it exists. You know, the thing about the internet is that you're like, oh, you know, the internet's out there. You can just Google it. But there's so much out there still that you, you have to know how to Google it in order to find it. So just i love talking with people i love networking because you're always learning something new you always like just yesterday i was talking with somebody and i i learned a little bit more about menstrual health menstrual equity than i learned before and i was like you know this is why i love talking with people because everybody has their own experiences and their own un understanding of the world and we all can um and, and you know by talking with each other we can mutually benefit. We can each expand our perspectives a little bit more. Right. I agree with you wholeheartedly. If I honestly, I'd give you a hug and a high five too, because honestly that was so deep and from the heart. And I believe that stuff too, just like the advancement, you know, it's like with AI, people are afraid as hell of AI. I think we should like be chill with AI you know, that should be part of this evolution of like getting things done. Things that series never been able to get done for us on the iPhone. The kind of um, the the mind bending conversations that we could have about some of the the, the advances in science in particular are, are so fascinating. String theory <laughs> going uh, into quantum. Mm -hmm. I, I find that's I find that stuff just um it's amazing. And like, I think we were talking about this before, you know, it's, it's just the beauty of science. There is so much out there. And I think that that's one of the, the reasons why, you know, going back to my mission, that's why we need more women in STEM because STEM is the future. And to have women 
not be a part of this this uh of the pr- the progress that we're making towards the future i think is a detriment to society because women bring such unique perspectives and such a um a different approach to many of the issues that that our world is currently facing that if we don't include women in the conversations we are really hurting ourselves you know there's research that um you know workspaces with more women are more successful because we bring a different perspective and i want i don't want to say we as you know making assumptions about all women but i do think that there is a point where you can say women have a different perspective women are advantageous and it's advantageous to have women in in the workplace particularly in stem so the fact that women are not represented in these fields is really not just um not just hurting hurting um uh, society in terms of equality, but it's also hurting us in terms of uh, you know, moving forward. Uh, you know, Ada Lovelace, she was the one who invented pretty much uh, coding. There are so many contributions that women made to STEM that just don't get talked about, and there should continue to be contributions that women make. So that's why we need to have women. So what happens after women conquer STEM? <laughs> what, what's next for um, women? I mean, I don't think there's ever really a stopping point. I think we can always continue to improve. I mean, for instance, you could say, you know, women technically have the right to vote, but there is still so much surrounding the ability to exercise that right, the ability to, and, and you know, then once you bring in the other nuances of um, of what it means to be able to, to vote and such, there is always, always more that we can do. And um, I think it's just a question of uh, continuing to forward and continuing to make strides towards equality. We'll check it out, y'all. We got what you need. We're all living in apartments, condos, vans. Well, dude, even you can have a studio. A studio in a box. Yes, we can help you with that right here at Blind Knowledge. We work on your budget, and we figure out your measurements. We'll get you the best sound for the best price. Let me know, 877-237-1143, or at blindknowledge.com. Yep!